this point, most everyone knows that cannabis is legal in New Mexico. But did you know that it's still illegal on some tribal lands? Despite that, two tribes in New Mexico have recently worked with the state government to set up their own cannabis programs. It's exciting. I didn't know how many tribes were going to partake, but I definitely, it was exciting for us. The approach that we're going after, too, is not the party atmosphere. I've seen people who have a substance abuse problems use cannabis to get over that. I've seen arthritis patients. So that's what we're trying to spread the word about is how it can heal you. Today, we'll hear from one tribal leader about plans to operate a cannabis dispensary on the sovereign nation's land, and we'll hear more about the agreement they made with the state of New Mexico. Just don't call it a compact. This is Growing Forward, a collaborative podcast between New Mexico Political Report and New Mexico PBS. I'm Andy Lyman with New Mexico Political Report. I'm Megan Kamrick, a New Mexico PBS correspondent and news director at KUNM Public Radio. We've talked in the past on this podcast about the unique challenges Pueblos, tribes, and sovereign nations face when it comes to getting into the cannabis industry. As the former producer of the nationwide call-in show Native America Calling, Monica Brain has heard it all. She told us back in season one, in the end, there is no universally accepted course of action in Indian country. That means each tribal government has to decide for itself how aggressive it wants to be and what risks it is willing to take. There are tribes that got in on the game early and whether it was on the medical side or in states that have legalized and they run their own dispensaries or they are growing or distributing, things like that. And uh, other tribes are taking their time Mm -hmm. to decide whether or not this is something that's right for them. The experts that we've had on our show who focus on this issue in Indian country, particularly like native lawyers, have come on and said things about how it's jurisdictionally such a complicated situation for Native America, right? That go slow on something like this, or you're going to be sorry. And we've seen that the Flandreau Santee tribe, I think they started something and ended up having to have their hemp crops burned because they, it was a complicated situation. The officials were just not having it basically. And so, yeah, it's, I can't say it enough that it's complicated and that some tribes just don't want to mess with that, the complications of having jurisdictional. So for when we talk about Indian country, that's like a legal designation, and it really means land on federally recognized reservations. So there's federally recognized tribes, and those tribes are sovereign entities that have a government-to-government relationship, whether it's a government-to-federal-government relationship or government to state government relationship. And so it doesn't mean that there's a free for all and that you 
get to do whatever you want. Um, you still have to follow federal laws. And when it comes to criminal jurisdiction, things are covered under the Major Crimes Act. A few months ago, New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham announced two agreements with two pueblos that would allow those tribal governments to create their own cannabis programs. For a while now, there have been questions about whether sovereign nations should be able to grow and sell cannabis, even though it's still federally illegal. In our next episode, we'll dive into the complicated history of one tribe's efforts to legalize cannabis. But in this episode, we'll hear from the other Pueblo that chose to legalize and why. So with the intergovernmental agreement, obviously, we wanted to have something in place with the state being that on the federal side, it's still a schedule one drug. So this gives us, you know, we're halfway, I guess, not covered, but we have that protection there. That's Pueblo of Puake's governor, Janelle Roybal. Puake was one of the two Pueblos that entered into what is referred to as an intergovernmental agreement, or IGA for short. We have a great partnership with Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, and we all obviously want to follow all the guidelines that the current dispensaries within the state are operating. But for us, it gives us the opportunity under the agreement to have all regulatory authority for any dispensaries or even grow operations within our exterior boundaries, meaning they can't get approved for a state license unless they get approval through our uh, cannabis commission prior to that. So it allows us to have that extra protection for our tribe and our community. Here in Pawake, we are checkerboarded, so we do have a lot of non- native community and we want to make sure that we're protecting everyone and I think for us just having that extra authority to be able to say who is within our exterior boundaries gives us that ability to 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 tell people in our community that they are safe and we are making sure that our dispensary will not operate illegally in any way which means sales to minors or or any um uh, what was I going to say? Oversales. Yeah, oversales or even using the product on any of our properties as well. We're still not allowing that within any of our casinos, etc. You still have to be in your own homes to to consume any of these products. So we're still following all those guidelines that the state does. But again, allowing us to regulate who has a, a operation within our boundaries really makes us feel comfortable. So that was something that was added. You may have heard another voice in there, helping Governor Roybal find the right word. That's Drew Little, um, Drew the general manager of Wapovi Cannabis, which is the name of Powake's cannabis sure. retail shop. Um, I've been involved with cannabis um, since I discovered it. Um, and when the traditional market, of course, which carried on to getting into the medical situation as soon as our state went medical and legalized that, um, upon that, moved out to um, Vegas, Nevada, did medical operations there, um, as well as Oakland, California. Coming back home, um, got involved uh, in the industry here the last four years, since 2014. Um, had worked with several dispensaries um, in the state, and um, now looking at uh, helping the Puaque Pueblo carry on into this venture. I think um, the cannabis space the approach that we're going after too is not the party atmosphere. It's not, it's more about the wellness and the and the health aspects of it is what we're approaching first and, and the 
the recreational aspect of it second. Um, that will be stressed for me as a general manager standpoint and all my employees as well. Um, if there's any questioning like that going on, we'll be clear to, to our patients, to our customers, to let them know, um, you know, as far as that goes. And then just the general feeling, um, as I said, it's going after the wellness and, and go after it with a feeling of respect from the beginning when they step into our place and maybe have to uh, tighten security a little bit at first. Um, but I don't, I think once the messages gets out there pretty well, it will be understood that the respect should be had. Puake's Lieutenant Governor Rafaela Sanchez told us that the name of the tribe's cannabis retail store, Wapovi, means medicine flower. And although you won't need a medical card to purchase cannabis at Wapovi, the intention behind it is health and wellness. We have so many substance abuse issues within the state of New Mexico. Within the, you know, the U.S., we have a lot of substance abuse issues and alcoholism. And now without, with going through the pandemic, we've had a lot of mental illness, a lot of people dealing with different issues. And when we see cannabis, cannabis does have a lot of healing properties that really do help individuals get through different uh, obstacles in their life. And when we really do look at, we really do look at it as a form of healing and wellness. And we wanna bring that message across to the community, to the people, that's where we're coming from. It's not necessarily another recreational drug. It's more of a healing place that you go and you get your medication from. So that's what we wanna promote. Here's Governor Royball again with her thoughts about the therapeutic side of cannabis. I've seen people who have uh, substance abuse problems use cannabis to get over that. Um, for me, medically, I've seen arthritis patients who use that for, for those kinds of um, pain that they suffer from. So that's what we're trying to, I guess, spread the word about is how it can heal you. That's the kind of word we're trying to get out again. Like I said, we've had um, people get off of, of hard drugs by using cannabis, you know, or get through PTSD and other illnesses that they suffer from by using cannabis. So we just want to um, spread that word and, and let people know that it, it is a medicine. You know, we've seen our own share of healing uh, within our community, both native and non-native. So that's why um, getting into this was important for us because we think that it, it how, has helped a lot of people. There was a lot of talk about creating an equitable and equal playing field in the cannabis industry. How do agreements like this help that goal? And does it do enough towards that goal? I don't know. I guess I would say yes, in a way that the revenues we will bring in will help future growth for our Pueblo and the community, putting money into current programs we already have, as well as developing others. So I, I would say yes. And building on that, what do you think that um, the specific agreement means for the people of Powake? For us, like I said, I just think it's a good step in being held accountable, I guess, because we have that state, the state in agreement with us and knowing that we are willing to follow all regulations and all sales and being that we don't have an actual you know non-prosecution letter on the federal side i feel that that gives us that protection and i guess 
uh, collaboration, you would say, with the state where they are in agreement and they support our dispensary and, and what we're doing here on the Pueblo. So I guess just having that extra support and in working together so that they know that we are abiding by all policies. As you'll hear in our next episode, one tribe in New Mexico faced quite an uphill battle with the federal government over cannabis legalization. But Governor Roybal said she's not all that concerned about federal intervention right now. Well, as you know, they just actually appointed the new U.S. attorney. So there was a acting attorney recently. And so we did have a few conversations. And I'm, I feel pretty confident that as long as we are leaving our doors open to them, letting them know that they could come, you know, at any time and, and walk through if they have any concerns that there wouldn't be any problems with them, you know, shutting us down or anything, because we definitely want them to know that we are following process. We are, um, any distribution will be marked and, and um, all ingredients, whatever will be listed on our products. You know, we want them to know that our door is open so they, shouldn't have anything to worry about. So I'm pretty confident in, in feeling that they, I mean, obviously we don't have an agreement with them or like I said, a non-prosecution letter, but uh, I feel confident that, that they hopefully eventually might get there, but that they support tribes as long as they are following all the rules. For years prior to the passage of New Mexico's Cannabis Regulation Act, Democratic Senator Benny Shendo, who was a member of Jemez Pueblo, carried a bill that would have given tribal governments the opportunity to create their own medical cannabis program. Remember, at that time, New Mexico had its own medical cannabis program, but the federal legality of cannabis created some vagueness around whether tribes could create their own cannabis legalization laws. Shendo insisted that his bill was necessary in order to avoid federal raids on tribal land which we'll talk about more in our next episode. There are, however, other sovereign nations that seem to have avoided too much federal scrutiny by entering into cannabis compacts with states like Nevada and Washington. But in New Mexico, the Pueblo of Powake and Picaris Pueblo both entered into separate agreements with the state, which are not actually compacts. So obviously with the gaming compact, there are revenue sharing. We have different rules and regulations there, but this is completely separate. It has its own accounting, its own payroll, everything has to be separate. It can't have anything. For example, we can't use any of the software, I guess you would say, or any payroll, anything um, that we use for our corporate, which is our casinos. So it's very different. Like I said, there's no revenue sharing with the cannabis part of it. But we do make sure that there is no, there will be no stores or anything that would be set up in our casinos or anything. It has to be completely separate. There's no, uh, there would, our contract or compact, I guess, um, prohibits any uh, cannabis sales or anything having to do within any of the exterior uh, or interior, I guess, casino locations. So it's completely separate. 
I would imagine that there's also uh, it also prohibits people from even bringing it into the casino, right? Like they couldn't stop at the dispensary and then go bring it into the casino. No, definitely not. So we made sure to add up extra signs for that reason as well, because we don't want any of our customers to assume that because we have a dispensary within our exterior boundaries, it's allowed everywhere. So we definitely do have that sign, those signs that our customers know that it is not allowed in our hotels or anywhere on the floor. It's just like casinos in Nevada versus over here. You know, they are allowed to drink on the floor. Here we're not. So when it first opened, we had a problem with reminding people and we had security PD making sure no one left our bar areas with drinks. So here, I mean, we've put up our signs. We've done what we need to do to make sure that everyone knows it's separate. And we expect you to, you know, come and visit our dispense free, make your purchase, but then go home. You know, we don't, we're not welcoming any of the consumption within our exterior boundaries or anywhere on the Pueblo. Governor, when the New Mexico Regulation and Licensing Department began issuing licenses, there seemed to be a race for companies to be the first ones to open their doors. How does that translate to Powaki being one of the first tribes to set up its own cannabis program? It's exciting. You know, I, I didn't know how many tribes were going to partake, but I definitely, it was exciting for us. I think that cannabis is, is a medicine, you know, it has a lot of medicinal needs. So for our tribe, we definitely wanted to be part of the market. I think that it's something that I'd rather be uh, seen sold out there versus alcohol and, and other legal uh, items you could buy. So cannabis was, I think, very exciting for us. And, and again, I think it, it helps, even not at the THC level, CBD products I know are very popular. Governor Royball said the Pueblo hired Drew Little to manage its cannabis retail store because he checked all the right boxes. Like any businesses we've opened, we advertised for, for a manager and and we talked to several people, but Drew really had the experience we were looking for, the attitude, the personality. You know, he brought all that knowledge to us and, and we were excited to move forward with him. And Drew, what, what, uh, what drew you to uh, Pawake? And actually, uh, my fiance has worked um, for the Pawake Pueblo for almost seven years now in the spa. Um, so I'm very familiar with uh, the way that they treat the employees, the people, what a great corporation it's been. And um, and whenever I found out about the cannabis position becoming open, I couldn't, couldn't get there fast enough to apply just to be a part of the Pueblo, the community, help them with this venture. And cannabis is something that I, I will remain uh, passionate about until I die. And I have a very strong mission towards cannabis and, and my stance with it, uh, my constitution about it, my ethics. Um, and so forth. And so I couldn't, um, I wouldn't uh, want to imagine being with anybody else's program, to be honest with you. This, uh, I'm completely honored to be a part of this. The agreement with the state will also allow Wapovi to buy and sell wholesale cannabis. But Drew said the plan right now is to buy wholesale cannabis until Powaki can set up its own grow operation. At this point, we're not. Um, we're, we're doing the dispensary at the moment. Um, we have um, spoke about um, bringing some producers online within the Pueblo um, that's still being written through with our cannabis commission. And um, so we're not sure about exactly the process of, of bringing producers online that's still being fleshed out, but 
Uh, at this point, we're not ready to do any wholesale. Of course, we're ready to buy um, wholesale, of course, for our retail position. But even in the selection of our wholesale, we're not going after, um, and I don't want to, I'm not, you know, saying anything, but what we are going after are more of some of your select craft producers that are organic um, to start with, have a little more attention to detail, a little bit more craft to their, um, uh, to their grows. Um, so yes, uh, we're not ready to wholesale at this moment. And here's what Drew told us about Pewaukee's potential for growing cannabis. Absolutely. I think that's something we will be working towards in the future because that's what will set us apart as um, cannabis producers here, um, as you well know, too, um, some of the oldest wine vineyards in this country are right here in this valley. So the terroir, the appellation that we have here within our soil here and, um, and agricultural area is, is like no other. And I would love to showcase that within from, from the Pewaukee Pueblo and, and radiate that outwards. I think that will set us apart. And we're in the process now of, of developing that. And Governor Roybal said radiating outwards also means providing access to cannabis for Pewaukee's rural neighbors. And the community, like I said, we are checkerboarded. So our library, our wellness center, our senior center, you know, all those are open to the community. They're not just for our tribal members. So when we um, expand or grow in any of our departments, it's helping everyone in the area. So this um, is for not just our Pueblo, but for the whole community. Wapovi is set to open on July 9th, and there will be displays and events. Drew and Governor Roybal said legal-aged adults can purchase cannabis products inside the store. When we talked to Governor Roybal last week, she said specifics about taxes were still in the works, and she couldn't say how much tax will be applied, except that the Pueblo will aim to make its cannabis tax rate comparable to the state's cannabis excise tax. But since the agreement with the state is not a compact, there is also no requirement that Powake or Pickeries share profits with the state. That also means that any tax revenue from Powake's cannabis sales will go directly back to the Pueblo. about cannabis and sovereign nations in part two of this episode. We're New Mexicans as well, but you as a New Mexican can engage in cannabis, but we as a New Mexican can't if we reside on federal land. So that's one thing that I will say about Governor Grisham is she recognized that we're New Mexicans. And she's been uh, one of our biggest advocates for, for to getting it passed through legislation, to being supportive of us and now we're trying to get to the federal level to get with the new um, Deb Holland, the Secretary of Interior, to see if we can re-engage the Wilkinsons and the Comorandum so that we can have some guidance. So obviously I think we're the only tribe in the whole out of the 500 tribes that, that can engage in, in medical cannabis or can engage in retro, re 
recreational cannabis. Make sure you subscribe to Growing Forward so you can catch the latest episodes as soon as they're out. You can also find us on Instagram at growingforward underscore canna nm. Thanks to Catherine Conley for designing our logo and a special thanks to our producer, Kevin McDonald, for his tireless work. 